everyone and today on unapologetically me i'm going to be talking about mental health once again i feel like that is going to be mostly my focus but this podcast is talking about my mental health and how i've been doing and how do i you know deal with some challenges i've been thrown my way and just like some stories i have and all that stuff and the reason why i want to do this i literally was laying in bed last night thinking like where do i want this podcast to go And I was thinking, like, I'm pretty passionate about talking about my mental health. And um, some people don't take my mental health seriously or as seriously as, you know, they should. And I thought, you know, I know some people that listen to my podcast personally who deal with some mental health stuff. And I thought, oh, you know, this is a great way for us to bond in real life. And also, maybe this would be good for anybody who I don't know personally and don't know at all listening to this podcast and like being like oh I'm not alone in this you know and all of these stories that I will be telling um I hope in the future I can like tell people's stories um and like keep it anonymous uh, anonymous anonymous why does it sound weird anonymous whatever hopefully I'll keep it like undercover and like not expose who it is or anything um but hopefully I'll share your stories um in the future if you want to send them to my podcast email i will put it in the little description thing or i just share my own personal stories they're all true or i just like find them on google i don't know like i don't know exactly the exact i can't speak english um i don't know exactly the direction i want to take in this but um i just want to talk about mental health today and i hope that's okay so let's get started So, um, I briefly looked online from, like, for some, like, Q&As, you know, questions and answers, um, just so I can, like, see, like, what kind of questions are out there, um, about mental health, and a lot of them were, like, self-help, like, what can I do to make today better? That's not what I was looking for. I was looking for, like, I don't know, questions as in, like, for me to answer them about me and my journey, mental health, and blah, blah, blah. So, I found a few. We'll see if I do a story time, but I don't know. It always turns into a story time of some sorts on this podcast, but let's get started. Um, no question is too personal, honestly. Um, if it is too personal, obviously I'll skip it, but I'm pretty, again, I'm pretty open about my mental health. I have talked about my mental health on this podcast multiple times, so <laughs> I don't feel embarrassed, you know? I feel like mental health shouldn't be such a taboo subject, like, Everyone struggles with mental health once in their life, okay? Some people just struggle their whole entire life, and that is okay. And that is just human, okay? Like, I haven't met one single person in my entire life who doesn't deal with mental health struggles, and some people are more open than others, which is fine, but it shouldn't be so taboo, okay? It's just mental health, you know? we Like, I think everybody can benefit from therapy. I mentioned this to my mom so many times, like, therapy is great if you find the right therapist it is chef's kiss of a thing you just have to get comfortable with it and it's like dating i assume because i never yeah whatever when i talk about my relationship status here but um kind of ironic because it is valentine's day today but it's like dating you just have to keep going at it until you find the right one (laughs) basic girl math um whatever let's stop dattling away off topic but let's get into these questions. Um, first, before I actually answer these questions, I want to go into a little uh, 
history of my mental health and all that stuff. So honestly, as long as I can remember, I've always been like an anxious kid, like always anxious. You could ask family members, friends. I've always been, you know, anxious and shy and quiet and reserved and all that stuff to people I did not know. And I've always showed signs of anxiety, like social anxiety specifically, like again, as long as I can remember. I always remind, um, remembered literally crying and screaming, throwing a tantrum whenever I was in huge crowds in a small room and, um, you know, just being scared of people that weren't my parents or weren't my friends or my sister. Like, there were so many times in my life where I just, I didn't want to be there because, like, uh, there's too many people in one small room and there's too many people trying to talk to me. And, like, whenever I, like, looked over at my sister for, like, reassurance, she's over there, like, talking away she's just living her best life she's again me and my sister are like nine day we're so freaking opposite when it comes to these things like she's such a social butterfly she loves not in a bad way she loves having the center of attention she just always had more friends than me she always just she thrived in that circumstance she loved being on stage she loved the spotlight for me i'm just like i wish no one knew about my existence like i rather live my days where people are like oh you're a person like you exist you're a thing like i did not like the center of attention the only time i ever liked the center of attention is on my birthday because that's like one day out of the year that's the one time where i could really shine but sometimes i don't want that center of attention it really depends on my mood on my birthday i'm saying but most time birthday is the only time where i like to shine other than that i'm like don't talk to me don't even acknowledge me all that stuff and it's not even me trying to be mean it's more like me protecting myself and not having a full-blown anxiety attack because the thought of interacting with strangers really stressed me out. Like, ugh. but either way, I don't remember exactly how old I was when I got that like diagnosis of social anxiety and like generalized anxiety disorder. But I know it was like when I was pretty young. Um, my parents didn't like. I'm not saying this in a negative sense, but my parents didn't really take it too seriously i i think um my mom kind of did more than my dad because my mom's side of the family were, were they're all just like me where we all have some form of anxiety and that's fine i hope that's okay with me saying that if it's not oops um i'll delete this episode or something but um it, it's just like she understood it you know like <clears throat> why am i losing my voice so early on weird either way so my dad, he he took it somewhat seriously, but also not really. He was just thinking I was going to grow out of it, which, you know, that's what every parent hopes. You know, the child doesn't become a hermit and is shy for the rest of their lives and whatever. And also the whole mental break, not mental breakdown, the whole breakdown thing of like me crying whenever I'm in a bit, like in a tight new room and showing signs of an anxiety attack, like at the age of like four or three or something, like hopefully I'll grow out of it update dad i didn't grow out of it i know you listen to this so i feel really pressured now thinking that i know you're listening to this but um maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm reading too much into it but i'm pretty sure that's what how it, go, it went my dad was just saying that i'll be fine and get over it and typical dad behavior you know hoping that their child is fine and everything's fine and it is fine but it's also it's like get over it you know but, you know, 
as I grew up, the more I like realized, oh, this is weird, you know, like why is everyone else not literally about to pass out being on stage for literally point second, even if it's during a practice run of a play or a little skit or something like that during summer camp. Like no one else feels this way. It's just me. Okay, great. You know? Um, I've always felt like this. And basically that's my little thing called I have anxiety. Um, it's funny because once I'm comfortable with somebody, I'm very comfortable. Like I can like how I'm talking right now on my podcast is how I would talk to my closest friends and family. You know, if I don't, if you're not my closest family member and I barely talk to you, don't really expect much out of me, okay? Like, I'm not going to talk a lot. I can think of plenty of family members that I don't really talk to. And then there's family members that I don't remember, like, oh, I'm related to you? How? And then, like, whatever. But, like, friends, too. Like, it takes a while for me to get a little bit comfortable. But then once I'm comfortable, I will literally talk for hours. And my parents... Always, oh, this is another funny story when it has to do with mental health and whatever. My, like, when we were, I was probably, like, three, you know, in preschool, living my best life, you know, doing very innocent things. Um, I, in preschool, I didn't talk much. Shocking. I barely talked to the teachers. I barely talked to anyone. And according to my dad, a teacher literally was like, you should probably get need to a specialist because she doesn't talk. She doesn't know how to talk. And my dad was like, no, she she definitely talks. And the teachers were, like, having a hard time believing that. They're like, no, she really does not talk at all. Like, understand if you don't want to put her into, like, the like speech therapy or whatever. But she literally does not talk. And my dad was like, I guarantee you this girl talks. Because um, when, before, ugh, in preschool... Before we moved to Wisconsin, we lived with my grandparents in Illinois. And we literally drove from Illinois to Wisconsin to this preschool. And between driving back from, you know, my preschool back to my grandparents' house, I was a talking blabbermouse. Like, I just threw up all the words, you know? I just, I couldn't stop talking, according to my dad. Which I'm not surprised by, because that does sound like a me thing to do. Like... If I'm, again, or if I'm around new people, I barely talk. I'm a mute as a mouse. But the second I'm with my parents or, like, my closest of friends, I can't shut up. And my dad, he, that's when he was trying to tell them, like, she won't stop talking. Like, and my teachers were literally concerned about me because I wouldn't talk in class and school. And that was a thing throughout the rest of my life. Like, I didn't really talk much in school, even in high school. And even college, I barely talked because I didn't feel comfortable enough to talk. Um, the only class I really talked a lot in was my Mr. Zar class. I mentioned him many times in my podcast. Um, he was the only teacher I truly felt 100% comfortable with talking in and letting my voice be heard. Um, other than that, I'm not really a talker in any classes. And t- <laughs> so many teachers can tell you, yeah, Shani barely talked. And when she did... It was very brief. So there's my diagnosis, by the way, long story short. Um, my diagnosis is social anxiety and generalized anxiety disorder. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other diagnosis I may have gotten. ADHD, ADD, more specifically ADD. I got that diagnosis when I was like 18, 19 years old. Um, 
still very new to that diagnosis, still trying to figure that all out. Um, and yeah, I don't really know how to feel about it. It makes sense. And I'm shocked I've been diagnosed so late in life, but also I know ADHD or ADD or whatever is harder to diagnose in women than it is with men. So there's my diagnosis. Yippee. Yay. (laughs) Um, Again, what are the causes of my mental illness? I don't know what that means. Like, what are, like, what triggers it? Um, again, big crowds. Um, being forced to talk on the phone can really trigger it, but also, like, I just sometimes black out. And when I mean by black out now, like, physically, like, on the ground, I mean more like my spirit literally is taken out of my body and I don't know what happens. I just go on autopilot mode, you know? And I just do what I have to do. Um, That's the same with, like, when I have my job at, like, Target and, like, other places. Like, I just went on autopilot mode the whole entire day. That's the truth. I just literally just... I literally don't remember what I said, how I did it. I literally just blacked out and did it. But if it was, like, a family event, like, my sister's wedding, like, you were probably like, how the heck did I do that? Like... If you saw pictures from my sister's wedding or something, like, in general, like, let me explain to you. At my sister's wedding, my parents were so convinced I was just going to sit on the side and not dance and not, you know, celebrate and whatever. Because that's just stereotypical shitty behavior at weddings. Like, I don't like dancing. I don't like, again, loud music. I don't like all those things. It's just, like, a big sensory overload. But somehow, some way, I did manage to dance my heart out and celebrate and all this stuff i think because my body knew like this is my sister's wedding there's never going to be a time like this ever again unless it's your own wedding or something like that but like i'm saying like this is never gonna happen your sister's never gonna get married again i hope um and this is gonna be the time for you to have fun and like this is really just like the people there yeah there's a lot of people that i wasn't very comfortable with and whatever majority of it was family so i was comfortable with it and the music like i knew the music so it was fine and anytime i needed a break i can literally go into the bridal suite and have a break like it was really that simple but i never really took a break because i was just like in autopilot mode, but I knew what was going on, if that makes any sense. Like, I was running on adrenaline, I think. That's what it was. And I hope on my own wedding day, I will feel the same. But, yeah, that's that. But, yeah, loud music really gets in my world. But the funny part is, I'm going so off topic here, but not really. Um, When I go to concerts, I'm totally chill. Like, literally, that's the epitome of my worst nightmare is loud music, you know, flashing lights and lots of people but it's weird because I just feel comfortable in concerts because like I know that I'm safe and I know that like if I need a breather I can just go get a breather I don't know it's just like I never felt like anxious at a concert ever and you know like when I went to my first ever concert which was Shawn Mendes like I felt totally in my element I think it's because like I knew everyone in the crowd was part of the Mendes army like was a huge fan of Sean and I just felt comfortable and plus also I've been waiting for that moment my whole entire life to go experience supporting one of my favorite artists I think that's also it adrenaline I think adrenaline really helps a lot and sometimes I just have to force myself out of that uncomfortable situation like being on the phone or all this stuff like last night I had to call the bank um 
with my dad and it was the most uncomfortable thing ever, but I didn't. And tomorrow I have to experience more uncomfortableness. I have a freaking interview via Zoom and I don't know these people, but I have to suck it up and do it anyways. This is something I've been looking forward to a long time. So I just have to breathe in and breathe out and I hopefully will be fine. And also I'm in the comfort of my own home and I know nobody's trying to kill me. So that's that that's that that's what the causes my mental health i guess um what do i do for treatment options um you know i can just be very brief about this um i take medication i know mental i'm um, like medication is not for everyone and you know if you're over the age of 18 you are a legal adult you can make those decisions yourself and I've talked to many people who take medication for, like, their own mental health and everything to mellow it out. Um, and then I talked to some people that weren't exactly, like, the most keen on it. And I heard both sides. And I've done my own research. And I talked to my own doctor and my therapist and all that shenanigans just to see what is a good idea. And I came to terms that it is a good idea because... If I've been really, like, anxious, like, when I mean anxious, I mean anxious my whole entire life, I think we should try it out. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's not a big deal. But so far, it has been working. And um, I've been taking my meds every single day for a solid two months, which is really bad because I've been having these medications since, like, 2019, 2020. I don't remember. And I should be taking it literally every single day, but I just forget sometimes but i didn't take my medication this morning i should probably do that right now if anybody takes their medication for anything literally anything please take it right now cheers shoddy literally just took my meds great okay <laughs> but yes i do take medication um i used to go to therapy i really need to go back into it therapy literally is just a thing that i need for the rest of my life i feel like um it's not because like I don't know, I'm talking about something so traumatic, it's just more like, I will feel reassured and comfortable, and it's just like a piece of me that I need, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's what my treatments will take. Will my mental illness ever go away? What kind of question is that? <laughs> um, probably not. I don't know anybody's mental illness that goes away, Unless they cure their anxiety, but I don't think anybody can cure their anxiety, if that makes any sense. Like, you can cope your anxiety, you can cope your, I don't know, your depression, I think. I don't know anything about depression. I shouldn't really speak about depression, because I'm, you know, naive when it comes to it. Um, all that stuff, like, I literally don't think I could ever get rid of it. I can cope with it, and I am learning how to cope with it, I think, pretty well. Um, but I don't think I'm ever gonna, it's ever gonna go away, you know, as much as I wish. I wish one day I could wake up with, like, no anxiety and, like, just wake up as a social butterfly and everything. I wish that wasn't my case, but I don't think that's ever gonna happen, so. Oof. Um, what can I do to manage my symptoms? Um, my strategies really depend on the situation, like, who I'm with, am I alone, all this stuff. So, when I'm alone, this sounds cringy. I listen to music, like I put on some type of noise in the background, so I don't feel like I'm in complete silence. Um, and then I just, I know this is probably really unhealthy, but honestly, it does help. I cried out. I literally full and cried out. If I can't cry, I just listen to music, and then I 
people say sour candy works. I really should get more sour candy because I ran out. Um, not because of my anxiety. It's just more like I enjoy sour candy. But sour candy apparently helps. Um, and then I try to distract myself. Like I literally do the whole like counting technique thing where you like what's one thing I can smell? What's one thing I can this and that? You know what I'm saying? So I do that. Um, sometimes I call like family or friends. <laughs> I remember one time I had, like it wasn't any, I don't, I think it was an anxiety attack. I'm not sure. Maybe it was just a panic attack in general, but I called my sister. I like, I don't remember what time it was. It was like 3 a.m. I was just finishing up, um, Father of the Bride. That movie makes me cry every single time and have a like panic attack because it makes me think of like oh my god my sister's never gonna live at home anymore and i go into a whole spiral so i literally called my sister crying and she was like uh what do you want me to do and i like i was like i don't know but i was like literally crying to her but all is well and life lesson don't make me watch the father of the bride unless you want me to cry and it's not even because it's like oh this is such a cute wholesome movie it's more like i'm literally so sad right now like i'm like childhood is over but i don't want to think about that because i don't want to have an anxiety attack right now we're not doing that. But I do love Steve Martin. So, whatever. So, that's one way I cope if I'm alone. Um, music really is a thing that really helps me get distracted. Um, if I'm not alone, I go to my dad, um, weirdly enough. Um, he just knows how to calm me down a lot. He just holds me and tells me, you're fine. And then he just covers me in a way that no one else can. Um, or I just, yeah shrivel up and die inside not actually die because i'm still here but no um i literally just try to breathe and i try to distract myself and just if that doesn't work i just i you know i have to call my dad if he's not there and it's really bad you know like that i have many situations where i literally there's one movie um i forgot what it's called it was with like bella thorne because when i was younger and i had a friend who was really sick at the time and the main character dies spoiler alert and i literally had a full-blown anxiety attack at the movie theater so i literally left the movie theater in a full-blown anxiety attack was happening and i literally called my dad and he came to pick me up <laughs> um it's so embarrassing thinking about that but also it's not embarrassing but i think the reason why i am so embarrassed about it is because there was like three teenage boys they were around like around my age and i like tripped and fell and they were like oh can we help you and i was like no and i was like screaming at them because i was having an anxiety attack and when you have an anxiety attack i don't know about you but i don't want to be touched well this is my dad you know like i just i, I need to be hugged by my dad or just pr- take my weighted blanket and i can myself and just never talk to anyone ever again i'm so dramatic but that is what i do to uh cope with it or something. Can I still work or go to school? Yes. Um, it's kind of annoying because sometimes I just don't want to go to school or I don't want to work or something. But you know, you gotta just do it. And th- I'm grateful to say that I'm not literally dying or like I'm not experiencing that high of anxiety where I literally physically can't go to school. If I can't physically go to school, like example, when I went to Columbia, there were some days where I literally felt so much anxiety, like especially last sem- the last semester I was there. I just emailed my teacher and explained the situation very briefly. And my teachers were very understanding. At least some of them were. Um, shout out to Mr. Zara for being the most understanding teacher I had there and always will have. Um, but yeah, no, the only really severe cases where I miss school, 
when I have severe anxiety or something. Um, how can I communicate my needs to my loved ones? Um, I feel like my loved ones just know already. Like the people that like again, my loved ones, they just know. Um, if they don't know, another one loved one would try to explain it for me. Um, and if I really do have to explain it to them, I don't remember ever explaining my anxiety to a loved one. I really don't remember ever explaining it. I think they just know. And um, that's the great thing about my loved ones because they just know. And that's okay. Um, and I think once my niece and nephew get older, um, hopefully I'll have it really taken care of by then. Um, like my nephew right now, he's six. And he's really smart for his age, I think, in my humble opinion. I could be totally biased and also totally naive. Maybe he's not. Um, but I'm kidding. He totally is smart. But, um, I don't think I ever had to explain my anxiety because I never had a full-blown anxiety check in front of him or anything. And I haven't shown, like, anxious behavior. I don't know. Maybe I have. It's just, like, his norm with me. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I can't ask the kid because he's only six. I'm like, how much does a six-year-old really know about anxiety? Because at the age of six, I didn't know what was wrong with me. So, it's really hard to explain. Um... But yeah, they just know if that makes any sense. Um, are there support groups or communities I could join? No, because I don't really like that. Um, the only communities or groups I join is my friendships because I feel like a lot of my friends deal with mental health issues. And even if they don't, um, they just want to learn more and I educate them in the best of my capabilities. Um, so shout out to my friends. Yay. Love you guys. You guys are great. Um, what can I do to prevent a relapse? <laughs> Distractions. I know that's probably not a healthy coping mechanism, but you know it's it's just is what it is. Um but I don't know. It's just relapsing is bound to happen at some point or another. I think the last time I haven't had an anxiety attack. Oh, when was this? October seventh. That's probably when I had my last relapse of anxiety attack and whatever. Like, for that whole entire, like, two, three-week mark, I was anxious. And I literally couldn't function at all. So, that's so fun, right, guys? Anyone who knows October 7th. I hope everyone knows who what October 7th is. But, seriously, anxious. Okay. Um, I'm going to start ending the episode now by just, like, what are some things mentally ill people want other people to do? I hate saying mentally ill. I'm just going to say people with mental health situations want people others to know. Um, this is what I see from the q and I think. So I'm just going to take it from them. Shout out to Graham. Awesome. He published a book called Understanding Depression. So shout out to him. Um, seems legit. I don't know. Um, let's see here. What do I want people to understand? Uh, the underneath the layers of pain, they are still a human being not a diagnosis that is a true thing even after this whole learning display talk like learning display that's what i was trying to say except like the um mental health learning displays you're not your diagnosis i'm just a human being so learning disability and mental health they go hand in hand and i'm just a human in the end of the day not a diagnosis that that your judgment hurts more than you could possibly imagine Oh my god, yes. I hate when people just judge me based on my mental health issues. Like, girl, it's just... Like, if you want to be my life, please just 
be nice to me. I'm a sensitive B word, okay? It just is what it is. I literally have a sticker on my phone that says, please be nice to me. I am a sensitive person or something. So, yeah, I'm sensitive. And that's okay. Now, you have no idea the strength required to endure a daily torture. No, seriously, I hate when people are like, oh, just be like suck it up and call this person or whatever. I can't. I physically can't. It's paralyzing and it's just the worst, okay? Like, I can't really explain to you what the struggles I go through on a daily basis because, like, every little thing can trigger my anxiety. Like, I love recording my podcast, but sometimes I'm, like, in my brain and I'm, like, oh, my God, who's going to listen to this? And I go in a spiral. That's, like, a daily thing, okay? But I'm strengthening through because I'm, like, no, it is my podcast, my podcast only and if people don't like it, they don't like it. It's not that hard to click out of my podcast, you know? So, I'm just saying. It's it's a lot of strength I have to endure every single day. It's just because they may think... Wait. It's just because you may think they are faking it doesn't me- make it true. I hate that. Like, I'm saying I hate that. It's so true. Um, I don't know if I talked about it. I'm pretty sure I did. But... Um, the sentence I'm fine is very triggering to me in situations. Um, I won't get into now, but it is very triggering to me and people faking emotions as much as I do it on my own. Like I literally do this way more times than not. Um, it's really unhealthy and I really should stop doing it, but you know, sometimes I just have to do it to, you know, keep the peace and harmony so I say I'm fine when I'm not and I hate saying that because it's so triggering to me and I just hate it and anyone who knows they know um and I'm grateful to say that people are really good at catching my bs you know like they know what I'm faking it but I just I just wish people were just 100% raw with me because if I if they're fake with me it's just like I go in a spiral so just be honest with me okay people it doesn't matter what the situation is just be real with me um, just because they don't look ill doesn't make they um, mean they are, aren't. Oh, yeah. Um, this is not really with mental health. Um, I guess it kind of does. Um, with my, I think I talked about this too. I don't know. Um, with my IBS diagnosis, it really did take a toll on my mental health because I'm always like, what is making me sick all the time? What is literally just, dis- dis- like, everything can hurt my stomach in an instant you know water can like just like literally anything because ibs is a disgusting thing go google it there's no real true science like research like there is research but not enough research to be like oh this is what causes it so it really is a lot to my mental health and people are just like you don't look sick or you don't look like you're in pain right now because like I've been having IBS since I was born and only gotten worse throughout the years and I'm just good at faking it until I can run out of the room and sometimes I can't fake it and I just whatever but yeah no I might not look like I'm in pain or I'm sick or whatever but trust me you don't want to be in my body right now it's disgustingly horrible okay so that's not really mental health but I'm just saying that just because you hang out with them doesn't mean you're going to catch whatever illness they have. Oh, my God. I remember I was talking to somebody about this. Um, Literally at Columbia. They were, I was talking about my own anxiety, you know, my personal anxiety. I'm like, oh, my God. I should, like, keep my distance from you. I don't want to catch anxiety. And I was, like, laughing. And I was thinking, oh, they were joking. They were like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, what do you mean catching anxiety? They're like, 
it's a mental illness. And I was like, okay, like, I don't get it. And they're like, it's contagious. I'm like, no, what do you, what do you, what do you mean it's contagious? And they're like, because everyone has anxiety, so it's contagious and I don't want to catch it. I'm like, this person's literally serious right now. So no, it's not contagious. You're not going to catch it. You're not going to get anxiety. Okay. That's not how it works. Okay. Oh my God. This one is the most true statement ever. That they are feeling helpless, hopeless, and worthless is not laziness. Amen. Amen. It is not laziness. Okay. It's literally just me feeling helpless and hopeless and worthless all at once. And like, again, it's like me being paralyzed. And I talked to my therapist about this. It's not that I don't want to do certain things. It's just like, I literally am mentally paralyzed. Like I literally physically can't get up and I physically can't do these things. And you can pressure me all you want to do this one thing, but I physically can't do it. I don't know how to explain it. I literally don't know how to explain it. Besides, I feel paralyzed in my brain and my body just physically can't go up. Like my brain is telling me, go do it, go do it. And then I'm just like, no, I don't know how to explain it. It's really hard to explain that seeing a therapist doesn't make them a basket case yeah Uh, i have nothing else to say besides that yeah that is true and you know i am a basket case i accept that and people who think i'm a basket case thank you for the compliment amen (laughs) i'm so cringy i'm sorry that they live with the guilt on the daily basis and don't add it by stigmatizing them yeah i feel guilty every single day about literally every single thing I've ever done in my life. And I really shouldn't. But doesn't mean I don't. Like I feel guilty sometimes. Just like sitting on the couch watching TikToks. When I could be playing with my niece and nephew. And I feel really guilty about that. And my niece and nephew are totally chill. And they're content. And they're all happy. And everything's great. But I feel guilty about it. So. I don't know how to explain it. Just guilt eats me up. Basically. That most of the time they don't know why they are the way they are. I think that's with everyone, not just people with mental health issues. I just, yeah, I think all the time, why am I the way I am? And like, if you look at them outside of my family, you're just like, that's, the, the, you know, the, the, I don't know, the weird, ugly duckling in the family, in a sense, you know, like, my sister has it all together, in a sense, and then there's me, who's just like, nope, I don't have anything together whatsoever, and I go in a house file. Because I'm like, why does my sister live her best life and I can't, you know? It's not that I'm wishing bad upon my sister whatsoever. It's not that. It's just more like, why can't I succeed? It's just, it is what it is. Just because they sleep a lot doesn't mean they're lazy. It might just be the only despite they have from the mental health illness or whatever. Um, I just like sleeping. And also my medicine makes me really drowsy. And sleeping escapes me from reality sometimes. So I just like sleeping away the day because I don't want to face reality. That's the honest truth. It's not because I'm because I'm lazy. It's just more like, I just don't want to know what's going to happen today. And it's really sad to say that, but it's just true. Okay, here's the last one. That they once, wait, they once too, wait, what? That they too once had dreams and ambitions that they be put on hold though no fault is their own. I'm trying to understand that one. That they, too, once had dreams and ambitions that they have put on hold, though, oh, through no fault of their own. Okay, so basically saying, like, I had dreams and ambitions, but they were put on hold. Um, yes, 
I have this dream tonight. It's not on hold. It's just like, I don't know how I'm going to get, you know, accomplish them. And it's just a nightmare and it's just a lot and it's stressful. And that's why I'm just stuck where I am right now. So don't know how to explain it, but that's like all the questions, basically. Um, it's just a lot to take in, you know, and just accepting that, like, my path in life might look completely different than other people in my grade or age or whatever. Like, I really hate comparing myself to others, and I've mentioned this so many freaking times, but it's true. Like, this is why I hate, like, following people on social media who are around my age because they all, like... It's not only because they have a lot more money than I do. It's just more like because they are literally doing things on my age than I'm supposed to, quote unquote, supposed to be doing. Like, there was this one, you know, like sisters, they like have a YouTube channel together. And one of them just recently graduated college and has their own place and has a dog and has a boyfriend. And she's literally my age. She's 22 years old. And then, like, I had to stop following her because I just, I hate comparing my life to hers like literally she is living my dream life like she literally just graduated college she literally has a dog she literally has a significant other like why can't that be me and that's why i had a follower because i was just like i can't do this to myself i literally can't commit myself to her also she's probably going through so many challenges obviously we don't know about but also it's still like this thing like what she has that i don't have so um yeah it's just hard to you know, not compare myself to others. Um, mental health or non-mental health, it's just, it's a challenge I have to go through. But, yeah. So, I hope you enjoyed this kind of episode about mental health. I want to continue doing them. I think um, for, in, like, for my next episode, I want to talk about what I endured during my last semester at Columbia, but also I don't know how to share that because I really again I don't know who listens to my podcast um and I'm scared that someone who's part of the situation is going to listen to this um but I might have to think through that but for now that's what I want to do and I know I should just be like oh yeah this is unapologetically me but also like I really shouldn't keep in mind who does listen to my podcast um as much as that's annoying um I really don't know who listens to my podcast, like, every single person. Obviously, that would be really hard to keep track of. Like, I know the main people listen, but then, like, you never know when there's, like, people who listen, and I just don't know about it. And that's the scary part about podcasting. Um, But, you know, I hope that I just suck it up and just do it. And if I get hate for it, I get hate for it. You know, I wish I had that confidence, but I don't. So, we'll see. Um, But I'll see you guys in my next episode. Bye.